one thing that the Lord has is continuing to do a work in me on um, just the idea of performance and and perfection. Um, and uh, if if I could tell my younger self anything, it's don't look to your own performance um, as your uh, as what keeps you in the love of God. Hey guys, welcome back to Anger Devoted. I am Pastor Jerry. And I'm Pastor Joseph. He is Pastor Joseph and I am Pastor Jerry. If you didn't catch that, I'm Pastor Joseph and he's Pastor Jerry. That's right. Mm-hmm. And today, it's Friday. it's Friday, we have <laughs> someone else, another fish swimming in the bowl with us. We have Pastor Eddie Spuler of Cross Point Church what? here in uh, beautiful Are Arnold, you sure? Maryland. I am. Yeah. Oh, okay. Eddie has the distinguished uh, privilege of also working at the school where my kids attend. So he gets to see my four urchins running around. Really? At their best and their worst. Oh, wow. True. Yeah. Wow, we're going for <laughs> straight <laughs> sainthood. Got it. <laughs> well, pretty much. Speaking of sainthood, he happened, your son sainted you in one of our meetings. Oh. Uh, I, was getting, I was getting to know all of the students going around <laughs> asking interesting questions, and your son happened to have the question. Uh, what do you think is the most difficult job in the world and why? <laughs> and he oh, yeah. answered, keeping my siblings in order. That's awesome. <laughs> there it is. So you're doing it, man. You're doing it. Well done. You have to have the hardest job in the world and you're doing it. So from the word lips of your son. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I know exactly which, which child that was. You wouldn't even have to say son. I know exactly which child it is. It's amazing. <laughs> It's hard. Brother, thank you so much for coming on. We are looking forward to getting to talk with you today. Um, Absolutely. We've already recorded this, so I'm not going to tease anything else out here. We'll just jump right into it. The first question that we typically ask our guests is, how did you come to know the Lord? Aim to know the Lord. Um, and we have, had, we have had one pastor say, has anyone yet said, I, I don't know the Lord yet? So <laughs> if that's your story, we are more prepared for it. Well, that is... Um... Thanks be to God, that is not my story, but I have thought about this idea of having a testimony. And I grew up thinking that in order to have a testimony or to have a story, it meant that you had to have, you know, um, details in your life that make people gasp, you know, when they hear them or yeah, sure. uh, something that landed you in jail at some point. Uh, that's what it, Hopefully. that's what it meant to have a testimony, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and those are great. I mean, I, I give praise to the Lord for the stories I heard growing up like that. And um, the, the power of God to reach people wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not mine. And, and I've come to grips with that's okay. Uh, grew up in a pastor's home. Um, dad was a pastor. Mom was a school teacher. Just kind of always felt like I knew God. Um, and uh, I remember praying a prayer six or seven years old at a vacation Bible school. Um, and from that day on, just kind of felt like you were in church most of the time. And you just kind of felt like a Christian. Um, and it wasn't until, uh, probably my late teens, um, that the reality of what had happened at six or seven years old, um, came to rest in my mind and my heart. Um, so I I would say, yeah, came to know the Lord, um, as a, as a young guy. Um, but in the late teens and early twenties, um, some more of the the implications of that uh, started to hit home, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. How did that happen? What was the catalyst there? So I left to uh, go to university, uh, originally from the Philadelphia area. And mm-hmm. um, when I got the chance to move back to Philly, I took it, which happened to be school. Um, and so I 
moved back to Philadelphia to finish up my uh, yeah college studies. And it was in those those three years that I was at um, that I was at college there that um, uh, just in studying the Word of God um, every single night, it was that simple. Um, the Lord just revealed Himself to me and revealed the depths of um, who I was as a sinner and the grace that I needed. Um, and, uh, he was also faithful to show me that if I wasn't tethered to him, um, daily going after him in his word, um, and, uh, and taking him up on his, on his invitation of a relationship with him through his word, um, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to make it, um, wasn't going to make it, uh, yeah, the, the pressures of studies are, are great. And so whether it's mentally or emotionally or physically, um, the Lord met me on, all those levels, but mostly spiritually, just to sustain me during that time. Um, so yeah, it was uh, just in a small apartment, uh, studio apartment in Philadelphia um, with the word of God that he just daily um, showed me my, my great need for him and uh, grew my love for him in that way. What were you going to school for at the time? Uh, so I went for uh, guitar studies, um, guitar mm-hmm. performance. Okay. Um, place called the university of the arts (laughs) yeah well it it was kind of funny i uh i didn't really have any interest in in guitar i i sang growing up and my mom told me one day she's like hey uh you should have something to back yourself up with i was like yeah i guess so she's like what about guitar i was like that sounds great and then you know seven eight nine years later i'm I'm like yeah why not get a degree in it let's see what happens So it was the degree in performing arts or uh, didactic or? Yeah. Yeah. So t- technically, um, yeah, jazz guitar performance. Um, okay. Which other than Pastors College was still to this day the hardest, the hardest thing I've ever oh, I totally <laughs> gone to do. That. Yeah, totally believe that. Yeah. Fun, but very difficult. Yeah. A to- that's a different podcast. Uh, what was more <laughs> enjoyable, comping or soloing? When you know what to play, soloing. <laughs> <laughs> but when you play a wrong note, you think every person in that room knows it. And so that's when it becomes not fun again. There's <laughs> a little play, more safety in comping because everybody else is doing it. But if you play that, second, that, that wrong note a second time, that's just called improvisation. Exactly right. You just you just play it enough and everybody thinks, oh yeah, he meant to do that. Oh yeah, that's, that's a, cool. That's a motif. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> totally off topic. So how does that relate to your spiritual walk? Oh man. Uh just keep moving forward. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely the type of person that uh, when they make a mistake, whether it's in life or in, uh, in music, just loves to sit with it and loves to stew over uh, what I knew I should have done. And uh, the Lord has called me, whether it's in music or in my spiritual walk, to uh, just keep moving forward. Um, he's the shepherd. He's guiding me. So don't rest on my performance to keep me moving forward. Finish the song, man. <laughs> well, how did you come to your current position? So I was, yeah, I was at school and I was visiting my parents over the summer. Uh, this would have been uh, late 2013, I believe it was. Yeah. Late 2013 or either the, uh, yeah, going into beginning of uh, 2014. But, um, uh, yeah, I was back back here in Maryland visiting my parents. I got a call from one of our elders' uh, daughters. She had been my <laughs> my music theory teacher in high school, and uh, she said, "Hey, I don't know where you are, um, but would you 
fill in for us uh, at, at our church on on Sunday and lead worship for us. I said, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. And um, so I came to the church uh, that Sunday and um, met everybody. And I, I, I'm not kidding. I, I walked through those doors and there was a, uh, there was a peace. There was a warmth uh, that filled me and um, mm. that I had not, not really experienced before. Um, and it felt like home. Um, and I didn't quite know why. Um, I wasn't sure if I was okay with that yet either. Um, but uh, yeah, I led that first Sunday and I just had a sense the Lord was doing something there. And um, within a couple of weeks, I got a call from uh, then senior pastor, one of my best friends, Odo Mara. And he said, hey, I know you're going back to school, but um, would you consider traveling back and forth on the weekends between Philly and, and the Annapolis area here um, to lead for us? And he says, go ahead and pray about it. And um, I said, okay. And it was one of those things that you just kind of, you went ahead and prayed about it, but you knew the Lord had given you the answer ahead of time. Um, mm-hmm. The Lord was already confirming in your heart. Um, and so that was, that was a very easy prayer to pray. And uh, so I was traveling back and forth on the weekends and uh, I loved it. I loved every minute of being here. And um, when I, uh, as I was getting close to graduation, they said, hey, um, would you consider taking the position and being the, uh, the full-time uh, worship pastor here. And, uh, so I took him up on it. I moved back to Maryland, um, and been here since July of 2015. Um, and it's home guys. Love, I love being here. I love the opportunities they've given me to, to write songs and to, and, uh, to lead the music here. And, um, now even to get to preach and do different other pastoral ministry type things. It's, uh, Kind of live in the dream, as it were. Cool. Um, what is one thing from when you were younger in your faith that you wish you knew? That you know, as you look back, what what's something if you could tell yourself, like, hey, what would it be when it comes to your spiritual walk? Yeah. Um, yeah. One one thing that the Lord has is continuing to do a work in me on, um, but. One thing, as as I look back, I'm very grateful for um, just the idea of performance and and perfection. Um, yeah, particularly, um, this is not any sort of reflection uh, on my parents. I think it's a, it just comes with the territory of being a pastor's kid. There's um, there can be an expectation uh, of you <laughs> uh, that you are uh, perfect and that you don't sin. Um, that uh, yeah, that, that there's a standard um, that you're holding that you are naturally bent towards and um, people are shocked when um, that standard isn't upheld or uh, perhaps when when you fail yourself, uh, coming back from that is a little bit harder. Um, a lot of, uh, oh, how could yous and um, I know betters, things like that. And um, the Lord has, has done a work in my life where I'm to the point now where those sorts of thoughts don't linger quite as long. And uh, if, if I could tell my younger self anything, it's don't look to your own performance um, as your uh, as what keeps you in the love of God. Uh, don't look to your own performance as um, what assures you um, of how the Lord feels about you um, or um, makes you any more acceptable in the Lord's sight. Um, 
yeah, that idea of the finished work of Christ. When Christ said it was an, it is finished, he meant it. It's finished. Everything that was necessary uh, for my salvation and my standing before God um, was finished at the cross. And um, yeah, it's, uh, there's a difference between, um, between joyful, holy living and uh, Pharisaism, <laughs> Pharisaical living. And sometimes, um, sometimes they can uh, look similar, um, but um, yeah, the Lord's done a work in my heart um, that I'm not, I'm not pursuing perfectionism. Um, I'm, I'm trying to live in, in the joy of what Christ has already done for me. And that's a, that's a much more joyful experience each and every day. So reading between the lines and a couple of things that you've said here, um, it sounds to me like you have struggled with shame through your life. Is that a, is that inaccurate? Uh, am I picking up what you're laying down? Or is that? Yeah. Into that? Um, yeah. It's, it's an interesting question, you know, shame, the idea um, that it's not just something that I've done, but something that I am. Um, and that's... I guess I should back up and yeah. say, yeah, we, we definitely distinguish between guilt and shame yeah. uh, here. Guilt is something that is <laughs> true because we have yeah. not met the standard. Shame is something that, that becomes internalized either because we have actually done something wrong or because yeah. we feel like we have, but it then... It becomes an identifying mark that we, um, that either we embrace or embraces us in some way, unless we are actually liberated from it, yeah, through the work of the gospel. And yeah, I broad brush strokes here. Being a more artistic person, musician myself, having been around a lot, I think there isn't a personality type that is perhaps more introspective or more. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a judgment statement. That's just a a propensity that that I've seen um, does struggle with shame in a way that someone who's type A um, sometimes are simply oblivious to. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I did something wrong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Um, Definitely the guilt side of things. Um, yeah, that sort of definitely had one of those more overactive uh, consciences, um, which on the one hand, I'm grateful for. Uh, it, it's definitely kept me from um, going down paths that I didn't have to go down. Um, but yeah, when, when I did feel like I made a mistake, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the, <laughs> seen the, the, uh, the video where it's like what it's like to make a mistake as a guitar player when you have reverb or delay. And he like plays a wrong note and it like starts to like build in his room and then it like fills his neighborhood. And then by the time it's like filling the universe, like that's what it feels like um, where you make a mistake and it just feels like, um, you know, it's, that's everything now. And it's, it, it just consumes you and you're, yeah. you're sure that everybody knows. And um, yeah, that, that sort of consuming guilt, which can lead to, yeah, the condemnation. Um, and then, yeah, in my case, just well, okay, I, I just I just got to work harder, you know. I just, I just got to do better. Um, uh, has that has that worked for you? Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, it hasn't. And anytime it has, it's not because of my my efforts. It's because the Holy Spirit was working through me. So, <laughs> if I ever believed that it was me getting better, it wasn't actually me. Um, 
but uh but yeah it's um the beauty of grace uh that that the lord does want something better for us yes that's true he wants something better for us than what we get ourselves into um but he also wants something better for us than uh the state of mind that we stay in it's uh, he wants us to lift our eyes um and see his son and uh to know that as he loved his son so we are loved and that's the that's the motivation to to love him more when it comes to those that you're you know pouring into whether it be through leading music or um, over coffee um, how do you or what do you view as a challenge that really is an opportunity but is often misunderstood misperceived connected to the heart in an unhealthy way what 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 do you see on your side of the world um, that is an issue that people are messing up where god should be glorified through whatever this issue is but instead they continue to get stuck that's an interesting question can you ask it again? I just want to make sure mm-hmm. I'm, I'm answering. Yeah. I'm answering the question that you're asking. I'll I'll, I'll try and keep it as clean because I was trying to think it out as I was saying it. Um, often believers um, get into their head about many things, um, and know scripture, sing scripture, you know, have memorized scripture, uh, but yet there are discrepancies between their. Um, walking out their faith or keeping up with the spirit (laughs) Um, and um, where they are in the moment, whether they're grieving or laughing or crying, depending on what situations are going on. And so I'm curious as, um, as you engage with them, um, what are you seeing as um, either common things from the culture, common things, where God is working on you and he's just continuing to bring people in front of you that have the same issue or whatever it is. I'm just curious um, what you're seeing as um, places where people are getting stuck, but it's an opportunity for growth. Mm, yeah. No, it's a good question. I um, I was actually just in D group the other week with some guys. Um, I mean, it, it does, it does go back to a little bit of, of what we've talked about already. Um, but we, um, we just finished up in, in our, uh, we call it D group discipleship group here. It's groups of, um, three or four guys, groups of three or four women that all meet together and just study scripture together and encourage one another. And, um, and we pray for the lost at the end, um, in, in the D group that I'm a part of, we just finished up, uh, the book of Colossians. And, um, I think, I think one area that, that we as Christians can, um, honestly, uh, I think we come by it honestly, but nonetheless, we do get tripped up in, um, is, is the idea of, um, uh, sometimes feeling like we're not doing enough to reach the lost in our lives, the people that we love that don't know Christ yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a good burden to have. I mean, that's a direct command, you know, Matthew 28, go into all the world, make disciples, teach them, teach them to obey all that I've commanded, um, get them baptized, you know, all these things. And so I, I think there's the right burden there. Um, and uh, 
obviously we want as many of our friends and family with us uh, in heaven someday. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times that sort of joyful invitation that the Lord gives us to be a part of what he's doing um, can feel more like a burden or uh, I'm not doing enough type thing. And I was just reminded in, in Colossians um, at the end of chapter one, Paul's, Paul's writing to them saying, I'm, I'm uh, filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions uh, for the sake of his body. You know, he's, he's building the church and establishing churches and um, talking about how the Lord's making known to, uh, to the Gentiles, the riches of his glory, the mystery of the gospel. Um, and then he finishes with this, uh, speaking of Christ, he says, him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And then verse 29, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Um, I think a lot of times we can, we can own the results of whether it's evangelism or even just body to body life ministry, mm-hmm. um, person to person ministry in such a way where um, if, if I don't say the right thing or do enough of X, Y, or Z, this person's not going to be saved or my brother or sister's not going to come through this scenario that they've shared with me. And we want to be faithful for sure. And that's, that's a good thing. Um, but faithfulness, ultimately, when I take from verse 29, Paul is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm being spent. That's a good thing. Spend yourselves for the church. Spend yourselves uh, for the lost. And he says, I toil, I struggle, but I struggle with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. It's, it's the person and power of the spirit at work within us doing the work to get it done. Um, and that's such a freeing, um, a freeing place um, to be reminded, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit is within me. That's right. <laughs> and oh yeah, he's doing work, but he gets it done through me. It's his person. It's his power. Um, and so again, yes, go be spent. Give your life for the sake of your brothers and sisters and for the sake of the lost. See the church built. Um, but, uh, but let's not for a moment think that it's up to us to, you know, quote unquote, get it done <laughs> to get the results. Um, it's, it's the Lord. Um, it's his energy that works through us. And, um, yeah, just reminding each other of that, um, because we can get stuck, uh, trialing and, or trying and toiling, um, in our own strength. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. When it comes to, um, and this is just a I'm curious question. Again, your side of the world versus mine, my corner. Um, are people sharing their faith a lot on your side of the world? Because I know on my side, I wouldn't say it's a... I kind of want to land speed records. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I can't say it's overflowing on on my side of the world um i I have certain members where they are burdened and they do share consistently so i'm not sharing it saying it doesn't happen at all yeah but i can't say that it's a norm um for the majority whether it's um 
a wordless version or a um, a word filled version. Yeah, I, I I asked because I had a good conversation over the weekend with someone about um, the difference between kindness and gentleness, um, and um, uh, they were. <laughs> very much believing that kindness was a fruit of the spirit as far as like that's the nice only people. exactly like that's the only <laughs> thing i need to do and right. this person had well this person had anger issues and that's why i'm, I'm bringing this up because he didn't <laughs> I, understand i repented, I repented for i didn't use your name he didn't use your name yeah exactly <laughs> no one knew <laughs> again it's um I'm I'm just I know for my side of the world I encourage members and attenders, believers to, you know, pray diligently, write out a list, you know, of people that you know, people that, you know, all different types of relationships and pray hard. Yeah. Um I I agree with you. It is not your work to save them. It's all God's work. Just like He made them, <laughs> He saves them, and um He protects them and redeems them. Amen. Uh I I do and am concerned um, for the the lack of, and you said grace earlier, but the lack of grace being shown to others when we know the reality of their future. Um, yeah. Not that I need to wear a t-shirt and you're going to hell or something like that, <laughs> but um, you know, nothing offensive, but definitely... Um, I'm not seeing the intentionality to as dynamic and creative as God is. I'm not seeing that applied through the life of believers um, to fishing. Yeah. Um, a lot of the fishing that we do is pretty um, traditional. And I find it interesting how God works through relationships to bring people to yeah. him. Yeah. Um, and yet I'm also humbled at how a few of us use the relationship to point people to him. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just curious, how's the, how is the fishing going over on your side of the world? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I, I think, I think the word that you use right there is, is key relationship. Um, that's uh, things tend to go better. Um, when you've built some level of relationship with somebody. Now, it doesn't mean that um, there aren't moments for uh, just taking advantage of the moment and the Lord impressing someone on your heart right then and there that you don't have more than five minutes of Oh, and I agree. Of, That's of a relationship with God. Right. And so <laughs> um, you've, you've not known that person for more than a couple of minutes. Maybe it's in the, you know, the, the checkout line at the, at the grocery store or, um, you know, whatever it might be. And those are beautiful, divinely inspired moments. Mm -hmm. But yeah, mm -hmm. that, that idea of relationship, I, I think is, is key. Um, and amazingly relationship does not always look like, uh, or at least kindness in relationship does not always look like what we think it does. Uh, kindness in relationship, um, is, um, speaking the truth to someone that, that you love. And, mm -hmm. um, there is, uh, no greater truth than uh, the greatness of God and um, the fact that we are sinners 
and uh, that Christ is a great savior and people have to hear the bad news in order to receive the good news. And that's loving, <laughs> um, you know, the, uh, the idea that if, if you see someone walking towards the edge of a cliff and you know the right path back and you don't tell them, it's probably pretty loving of you to tell them to turn around and go the other way. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's so, yeah, kindness is, is not always warm, touchy-feely. Um, it, is, it is understanding what that person needs because your eyes have been opened to your greatest need as well. And so are, are we sharing that? Um, I, I think specifically when it comes to, this is, this is part of why we, we keep encouraging our church to take advantage of the relationships that they have in their lives. You know, don't, don't rush into your house as soon as you get home. If you see your neighbor out, say hello, you know, mm. don't, um, don't pull into your garage and then close it, you know, uh, pull into your driveway, get out, wave, um, take a moment and, um, have them in your home, have their kids over, have their kids play with yours, you know, things like that. It's, um, uh, have lunch with somebody at work, take advantage of the people that are around you in such a way that you can build relationships, relationships with them that lead to conversations. Um, and, uh, like you said, if you want to do it the wordless way, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that idea of preach the gospel, use words if necessary, if, if people want to live by that. Okay, but um, if you want to follow more of the example of Christ, I would suggest using words. Well, it's, <laughs> um, it's, how, how are it's, they going to hear if, if, if no one tells them? Right? <laughs> well, know? It's, um, it's, it's the reality of, um, I tell people, you know, Christ did meet the needs when it, you know, when it comes to food, shelter, the basic needs yeah, that can yeah. get in the way from a person being able to hear. Yes, we need to address those needs. Not every yeah. want, but the needs. Exactly. Um, and that's in relationship, um, but, you know, not out of relationship. In relationship, we're addressing those needs. Yeah. And we're doing that, you know, unto the leading, um, you know, God leading us. Uh, so it is that leading that we're following but know that if I don't share the gospel, I've missed the main thing. Like, right. Yeah. What good was feeding him, clothing him, and, <laughs> and, yep. and sheltering him if I didn't give him an opportunity to know yep. the reason why I'm doing it, the reason why I'm different, yep. the reason why I have hope and joy? It's like, that, that's, that's not love. I'm cheating them. Now, so they can say no. Super Bowl for the wings. <laughs> like, like going to watch <laughs> a Super Bowl at the Super Bowl for the wings. <laughs> I, I, I'd say it's like going to the Super Bowl and hanging out in the parking lot. I got tickets. Let's go. Like, why would yeah. you do that? Why yeah. would you not go in? Yeah. If they don't want to go, that's their choice. But yeah, when it comes to sharing Christ, you actually have to share Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and let's be honest. I mean, Christ is, is the, is the stumbling block, right? I mean, it's the, the, the message, the message of being a sinner and needing, in need of saving is offensive in and of itself already. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's the message that, yeah, that saves, saves sinners. And, um, I think one of the other things is, uh, some of the other relationships in our lives, I think particularly for maybe for parents who, um, don't really have much of a life outside of their home. Maybe it's a certain stage of life that their children are in and, 
Um, you know, they, they've got younger kids and they just, you know, when they get home, it's taking care of them and just keeping, keeping things running. And I think sometimes parents in particular can feel like, well, where do I fit into sharing the gospel? You know, like, sure. it's just, it's just my kids, you know, or, or, you know, if, if it's a stay at home mom, you know, like I'm, I'm around my kids all day. And then, you know, maybe my husband comes home and, and that's when we have a couple of minutes together, or it's when I get to go do my errands or, you know, whatever it is. And he's, he's helping out, taking care of the kids when I'm, when I'm out and, you know, like, when, how do I take part in, in sharing the gospel? That, that relationship with people in my life sounds great, but I don't really see a ton of people. Um, and just uh, affirming for, uh, particularly for parents in, in some sort of stage of life, like the people in your home are your first ministry. Um, and growing that relationship with, with your kids and with your spouse. Um, and helping to, as Paul says, present them mature in Christ. Um, share the gospel with them. Um, and if they already are saved, um, share the gospel with them again, <laughs> because it's, it's the ongoing power of God um, to save us over and over and over again, not, uh, not saving us for, you know, for eternity, but saving us uh, by pointing us back to the Savior and um, that daily maturing uh, holiness thing, you know, that the Lord's doing in us. And so, uh, but particularly for your kids, you know, training them up to love Christ, share the gospel with them often at young ages. Um, that is, if your kids grow up to love Christ because of the words and example that you set for them, that's, that's, that's a life well-lived right there. That's, that's faithful. Um, yeah, I don't have any children yet, but at some point that's going to have to, <laughs> That rubber's going to meet the road, and um, uh, I'll send this to you as a yeah. uh, that's an audio file. Appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say as a person with kids, and I'm sure Jared, he can say it as well. You can do a lot with kids, even yeah. <laughs> with all the craziness in the house. You can. Kids yeah. are great for introducing you to neighbors, and because mm-hmm. they have no barriers, they just wander to strangers exactly they're they're very good about strangers that who have dents in their car hoods now because of your children <laughs> and still need the gospel <laughs> not speaking from experience but okay that's all right <laughs> yeah. I, I, so there's a through line here that i want to uh, tease out a little bit i already told you that um I, well, I didn't actually say it here on the podcast, but I will say this. Uh, I'm, I, I'm thinking about putting a sting in because you're the first pastor that we've had on the podcast who's actually physically pulled a Bible out and flipped to a page. Almost everyone has quoted scripture, which is awesome. But you're the first one that we've heard the, the nice rough rustle of, uh, of pages coming in, which is great. <laughs> um, but you're also the first worship pastor. You're the first non-senior preaching or operational guy. Um, and a lot of what we have talked about is can be sort of categorized as internal life and perspective and outward um, practice. Yeah. But you have a unique perspective here, or you have a unique vantage point as a leader of worshipers. Because one of your and correct me if I'm wrong, you might see this differently. And if that's the case, great. But one of your primary goals here is to put meditations in front of people for them to interact with, for them to wrestle with, 
so as to be changed in some way. And there's such a wide variety of, and I'm talking specifically about music, there's such a, a wide variety of how we consider music, how we consider whether it's the lyrics or the music or the tempo or, you know, whatever, whatever all, all yeah. that stuff combined um, sets sort of a, a table for the worshiper. And this is my question. This is not a, this is not meant as a gotcha question. This is meant to say, I'm, I'm honestly curious as a worship pastor in your circles where do you where what areas do you think you know it's you're you're banging on all cylinders nailing out of the park and where do you think you know i wish that we had a little more of this or a little less of that and i'm curious about that as what we've been talking about is kind of keeping keeping the car between the lanes you know so um, you're asking what um, what I see in the worship music community, or what I would love a cross point, or I guess I'm asking both, like in general, okay. and and you know you'll have to out cross point, but certainly right. I'm asking from your vantage point, from your perspective here as someone who's who's actually in this um, on a day to day basis and a week to week basis, not just preaching the word, but also bringing to people to a place where you know. If I'm going to put a dichotomy here, it's going to be these are the songs that are focused on me, or these are songs that are focused on God, and that's kind of the mm-hmm. classic dichotomy that 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 some people would at least think of when they think of what are the what are the boundaries here within worship. I'm not imposing that as the necessary boundaries, but I'm asking what your experience, perspective, and what you wish you could, what you wish were were shifting or shifting faster mm-hmm. around you. I'm not. I'm not saying elevation worship is bad music. Right. Right. It's right. great music. Yeah. Um. I just don't worship to it. Right. Right. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I said it's okay, great yeah. music. I didn't say it's great worship either. But right. 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 There. No. 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 I. I, I hear you. <laughs> um. I think one one particular burden that's been on my heart the last last few months in particular, um, is I would love, and this is a challenge to myself as a songwriter as well. Um, I would love to see, I would love to see songs that I love when I hear phrases in, in worship songs that clearly come from scripture. And I think that that's, that's, um, I think I hear that often, but what I don't often hear are scriptural ideas or scriptures themselves that are quoted in a song or used in a song in the same way in which it's used in that particular passage that it comes from. Okay. Um, And I think that has implications for whether we like it or not, worship music teaches, right? We are, it's, it's giving expression to truths. And what we are doing on a Sunday morning is hopefully putting truths in people's mouths that are building them up in the faith and that are pleasing to the Lord because it's what he already gave us. (laughs) We are telling him back 
what he's already told us. We are giving him praise for the things that he has already revealed um, in his word and, and, and to us. And there are, um, I, I actually played a, um, a retreat back in March or whatever it was. Um, and there was a song that we were playing and it's a song you want to sing. It's got a beautiful melody line and the chords are great. The arrangement's great. It's very, it's very dynamic. And on, on a musical level, um, it's excellent. And that's necessary for a song. Like music is meant to be beautiful. There are gifts that the Lord has given us in dynamics and chord changes and melodies and harmonies, all these things. Um, we should use them. But when it came to the lyrics, when it came to the specific scripture that that song was using, I started thinking about it and I went back to that passage of scripture that it comes from. And I thought to myself, that's, that's not what it's saying. You may be deriving a certain truth about God from that passage, but that's not the point of the passage. So you've, you've, come, to, you've come to something that is more or less true about God um, but there are other passages that would have been more appropriate for the point of the song that you were trying to write. Now, I understand that may sound a little bit granular, but I think that that is very important um, because as we are singing songs on Sunday morning from particular scriptures, um, we are teaching people that that's what it means. And songs stick with you. And so now you start to sing that over and over and it starts to you know, stick in your mind and in your heart. Um, and it may be that that scripture you've been singing in that context is not actually what the Lord is trying to say in his word with that scripture. Um, so I, I think just, we, we just have to be careful. Um, and it's, um, yeah, careful with our, our use of scripture, um, our, um, interpretation of it. And particularly with songs, it's so difficult because you have what, five minutes? <laughs> you have five minutes to express something um, in so many words. It's not easy. Um, and you have to do it in such a way that is poetic or if you want to rhyming or whatever it might be, it's, it, it's not easy. But I think it, that sort of thing, the, the medium that we are using requires us as songwriters to be that much more thoughtful um, about how we go about it and what we use um, in songwriting. So I, I would say that's something I would love to see in worship music is let's use the word of God more. And when we do, let's make sure that we're not um, let's make sure that we actually know what that verse or group of verses is actually saying. Um, and then write a song around that. Um, I didn't want to <laughs> give the name of the, <laughs> the group or the song just because, <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to <laughs> put anybody down or, or I'm also not trying to uh, undermine uh, people who have been ministered to by less than perfect songs because the Lord, I mean, that's, that's Lord does that. The Lord uses less than perfect sermons. I mean, <laughs> Lord knows we've all preached less than perfect sermons. We've all, 
you know, we've sung less than perfect songs or we've written them or whatever it is like that. The Lord's good like that too. Uh, he's faithful to continue to get his work done in our lives. Um, I've only ever seen imperfect sermons and songs. Mm-hmm. I'm still chasing the dream for the perfect. Yep. Right. Someday. <laughs> Someday when we're all together for eternity, then we will. So this is probably the most important question that uh, I would ask is uh, Taylor or, or uh, Martin. Martin. Martin all day long. Oh, Martin, man. For the, recording and live? For recording and live. Taylors are beautiful instruments. They are, they're great for the, the projection and the, uh, some more of the higher, higher end of um, just the, the tinniness of, uh, <laughs> of their sound is great for cutting through in a, in a, in a band, in a mix like that. Um, but in terms of the sound by themselves, just the sound of the guitar, um, oh man, Martin is for me where it's at all day long. There you go. So you have to stay in some place. And right. some things are important. Yes, some things are. like guitar choice are important, but not supreme. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> along with that, I mean, it, it is, it's your voice, right? You know, it is, it's the sound of, it's your sound. Um, and yeah, the guitar that I play is, it's, it's, it inspires me whenever I pick it up to write or to play or cause it's, it's an extension of, uh, of a sound that stirs me. And, mm-hmm. um, that's a good thing. That's, that's another gift from God, um, to make beautiful instruments that we can play on and with, and, uh, that we can use to write songs with and glorify him with. So I was going to ask for one last question. What, what challenge, what encouragement, what exhortation would you give to, um, the new believer? If, if you, if you had five minutes and give any exhortation, any encouragement, well, if I was telling them where to start reading in the Bible, brand new Christian, what do I do? I've got this Bible. Where do I go? I would just say, go to the book of John. Um, that may be a little bit selfish because it is my, if you can have a favorite gospel, if that's not sacrilegious. <laughs> um, but uh, go to the book of John, man. Immerse yourself in the story of Jesus and, uh, and in the love of God shown through his work that way. Um, yeah, I would say go to the book of John. Um, I would also say surround yourself. Going back to your question earlier, Dave, about what would I tell my younger self? I think this is also another thing I would tell my younger self and I would tell a new believer. Get in a church. Get in a local body. Don't, don't feel like that church needs to have everything together because that's impossible. <laughs> um, but find a place that routinely preaches Jesus, what he did on the cross, and how it connects to real life. If you find a place like that, get in that church and get yourself connected to those people. Um, the church is not a place, first and foremost, where I, I used to think that the church was a place, the, the local church, the small local church, as it were, uh, was a place where it was weird. People knew too much about you. People talked about you. Um, and those things exist. I mean, it's, <laughs> I was gonna um, say, all those things are true. <laughs> <laughs> all those things do exist to a certain extent. Yes. Um, 
but the local church is God's gift to us. Um, and those are the people that you are going to be spending eternity with. And um, you are not just saved from your sins, but you are also saved into a body. You are saved into the body of Christ and you are saved into a local body of Christ. Um, people who are going to help bear your burdens, people who you can learn to help bear their burdens um, and encourage one another in the faith. Uh, the church is, um, I would tell a new believer, if you want to stick around in this faith that you've, <laughs> that you've professed, then the church is necessary to coming out on the other side. Um, and, and seeing Christ. So get in a church. Um, these are the people who are going to help you persevere all the way to the end. Um, and uh, sing songs with them, cry with them, laugh with them, study the word with them, eat pizza with them, drink coffee with them, whatever. Like, um, yeah, those are, those are two things. Get in the word and get in a local church. And do not depart from either one of those two things. Amen. Amen. Eddie, thank you very much for your uh, time. Thank you for Absolutely. hanging out with us and letting us get to know you. If people want to reach out to you or get to know you better, or follow you, are there ways they can do that? Sure. Um, if they want to reach out by, uh, they can do so by email. Uh, email is E, and then my last name, Spuler. S is in Steve, P is in Paul. I don't know the call signs. <laughs> e S P U L E R Eastfueler at crosspointmd.org. Is there any weird spelling with point? Yes, there is. C R O S S P O I N T E M D. Oh, you're one of those. Dot org. Right. Yeah, we are. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. I'm not a doctor's office. I'm just just in Maryland. MD. <laughs> Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. Listener, thank you for coming along with us. Um, I encourage you to uh, consider what's been said here and seek how you can apply it. If you've been encouraged, if you have been challenged, if you've been ticked off, uh, I encourage you to write in. Let us know. You can reach us anchoredandvoted at gmail.com. Dave, Eddie, thank you both for your time and your, your sharing. Listener, thank you for coming along. We love you. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.